Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And this is episode number 119. Not exactly the smoothest sounding number in the world, but uh, <laughs> here we are. Aaron, we just got done playing against the Arizona Coyotes uh, twice. Uh, actually, there was a team uh, prior to this one that we played that we didn't get a chance to talk about. That was a game against the Wild. But uh, at least these two against the Coyotes, those ones went well. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the Wild much because that was a terrible game. <laughs> but yeah, two games against Arizona Coyotes, and suddenly the Sharks are in a terrible spot for the draft. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's one way of looking at it, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I good wins. They were good. There, there you go. The more you know. Um, good wins. I mean, let's let's go back to the Wild first because we got a little. You have a little something here to talk about the Wild because it was a very bad game. Uh, the Sharks look terrible all around. In fact, I think, let me look back at the goals. It's been a while. All the, all the goals for the Sharks came in the third period when it was already 4 nothing. So the game was pretty much settled. Um, and they just, they did not look good. And Coach Bugner was not happy about this afterwards, was he? No, not at all. Uh, in, in fact, uh, we're going to go ahead and just roll this clip and um, kind of give everybody an idea of how Bob Bugner felt about the team. So go right ahead. You know, we talk a lot about team culture. How has that been, I guess, tested by this losing streak? Well, it's sure tested. I mean, and, and that's when you find out a lot about people during times like this. And, and you know, to, to, to get to the good times and, um, you know, sometimes you got to you got to go through things like we're going through right now. And, uh, um, you know, we, we, we know that, you know, not it's not only important these these games we have remaining, but, you know, um, our offseason and, and what this team looks like in, in, in September, October when we come back and, uh, um, you know, and that's, that's, that work gets done right now. So, um, yeah, it, it, hopefully it uh, tests guys and, and, you know, they come out of it and, and, and show their true colors and, uh, the guys that don't, uh, just won't be here next year. So it's pretty simple. Um, you know, that's how we're treating this moving forward. Wow. Uh, they just won't be here next year. Holy smokes. Those are words. Uh, the, first of all, them fighting's words. Uh, first of all. Uh, and then secondly, that's usually the words that you would hear from a GM, somebody who's got contract power and trade power. You're hearing it from Coach Bob Bugner. That's quite the statement. Yeah, but uh, Bugner is is hand in hand with Wilson. I think they make decisions together. It's not one or the other, really. I mean, obviously not just Bugner. Uh, but yeah, those are those are some powerful words. And mind you, this was after an, the eighth game in an eight-game losing streak where the Sharks looked absolutely lifeless. I mean, it, you can kind of go back to the trade deadline, kind of right before the trade deadline, and then right after that full week afterwards, everyone would just seem like they did not want to be there, almost like they were disappointed that they weren't traded to a contender and they kind of have to, like, are forced to finish out the season and they just don't want to. So, um, I think uh, I think it's a frustration, kind of a, kind of the comment from him is a frustration a little bit, but also kind of a kick in the rear because he knows the players are going to hear that, and I'm sure he told them that in the locker room as well. So it's not like it's the first time they've heard, heard are, are hearing that. Um, but he's absolutely right. I mean, these guys now they're playing; they're not playing to be on a contender because the trade deadline's over. Now they're playing for their jobs next season. Um, they need to. Like for the rookies, play for a spot. For some of the guys like Timo Meyer, who's getting demoted to the fourth line, needs to play for a spot. So nothing's <laughs> safe. Um, I think it was a good kick in the rear, obviously, because it worked, right? Uh, okay. Uh, as a team, yes. If we're just talking about Timo, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about Timo. I'm talking about the team. 
Okay, definitely sure. not talking about Timo. <laughs> well, it, when you go from losing uh, six to three, and then the next game you play a bunch of rookies, and you have your uh, rookie goaltender in net, and you end up winning that game uh, by a score of six to four. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. I'd say that one worked. So uh, good on Coach Bob Bugner, uh, rallying the troops, motivating the troops, uh, letting them know that uh, they're they're playing for their jobs, as you said. So um, I guess you know not much else really to to harp on about the wild game there. Um, it, it just wasn't a very good game uh, for the Sharks. So uh, they move on. They move on to the uh, the Arizona Coyotes, and again they they go up four nothing in this game, and right away we're thinking, cool. We're just going to coast right uh, through the rest of this game. They're up by four goals. They got the message. Uh, and, and then it kind of starts to fall apart, doesn't it, Aaron? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Arizona comes back. I mean, mind you, Arizona is in the fight for a playoff spot. They're kind of going back and forth with uh, St. Louis for that fourth spot in the West. So they are going to fight hard. They're not going to stop. And here's here's a good example of a team that will play a full 60-minute game. Granted, they're not always going to win every game, but – they're playing a full 60 minute. You can't take your foot off the gas. You can't relax for a minute. And that's kind of what the Sharks did. And uh, let me look back at this score too, because they were up four nothing and they came back and they didn't tie it. They were down four to three. Then the Sharks went up five, three, and then they scored again to make it five, four. And then the empty netter sealed it finally. So uh, the Arizona was never really out of this game, even despite being down four goals right away. So um, the Sharks just still learning how to play a full 60 minute game uh, can't seem to do it. And even though we're towards the end of the season here, so it's kind of, I mean, I don't want to say it's disappointing because I don't really want them to win too many more games just <laughs> to kind of get a better, like I said earlier, draft position, but um, uh, it's kind of sad that they can't close out a game and have like a really good solid all around game ever. It's too disappointing. To be fair, uh, this was a game where they were playing a lot of rookies, a lot of new guys to the system, a lot of new guys to the speed of the NHL, a lot of new and, guys to their line mates. Yeah. Uh, so that's I, and I'm making excuses, I know, but it's this is a different team uh, in these last two games than say the game before. They, the, the game before these last two, you would think that this is a team that's played more so together. LeBanc was in there. Uh, Timo was playing maybe on the line he was supposed to. The, the, the guys were, were with the teammates that they were supposed to be playing with and that they've been playing with all season long so far. But what does that tell you that the rookies come in and they win two games in a row? Exactly. But but that's kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of the, the, the crazy thing, right? Is that these guys came in uh, not playing with, uh, you know, guys that they had uh, been familiar with all season long. And they came in and, and played for their jobs, like like you just talked about. And, uh, you know, a lot of that comes down to, uh, I mean, a lot of the scoring maybe doesn't necessarily come down to the rookies per se. But, I mean, Gregor got a goal. Barabanov got a goal. Um, so, I mean, they were stepping up and they were playing well. So, you know, I think these guys see the opportunity in front of them and they're taking it by the horns here and they're really running with it. So, um, you know, good on them. And not to count out, of course, uh, another rookie, Koshinosh. Uh, stepping in in goal now of course they let in quite a few there but there are a couple defensive breakdowns there's maybe a soft one here and there but for the most part a a good showing by uh, the rookie net miner for his first attempt you know playing in a a full game from start to finish so uh, good on him and and uh, I thought he played well Uh, the other one was uh, Barabanov and I see comments in here already uh, talking about Barabanov uh, being a great pickup I think it was uh, Brian Brian says yeah Barabanov was a great pickup uh, yeah, we know 100%. Um, you know, there's there's 
trades that people don't like from the, from Doug Wilson. And then there's these little gems that they happen to find here and there. And I think Barbanov is one of those guys. And, and, you know, we've seen him just a little bit, only these two games, but he was put on a line with Tomas Hurdle and Evander Kane. That line kind of got the blender going because Kane was playing with Logan Couture pretty much the entire season. And they were so good together. It just doesn't make any sense to, to rip them apart, but they do. And that line thrives. Uh, it just seems like Evander Kane, no matter where you put the guy, um, he thrives and he plays a, a good solid game and he makes his teammates better. He makes the line mates around him better. So uh, very happy with Evander Kane. But if we're talking about Barbanov again, um, he, he really has impressed. Now, I know you've got a couple notes here, so I'll let you go ahead and uh, kind of take the reins here on, on Barbanov. Go ahead. Uh, I think it's fitting that he's taking the old number of Alexander Curl, who <laughs> used to be one of my favorite players and one of the guys I was really looking forward to to the Sharks having back after that lockout in 04, 05. Um, but he went into the KHL and never came back. There was kind of thoughts that he might come back, and I think he would have absolutely thrived in the quote-unquote new NHL where they would actually enforce the rules that are in the rule book. Um, especially that first season when there were so many power plays and so many, like, everyone kind of learning how to play again. Um, anyway, I, he reminds me of him, but even better so, because um, he's very slick. He's very good, very highly skilled. He, he, I feel like he could, uh, you know, stick handle in a phone booth. And for those who don't know what a phone booth is, because you're too young, it's this little <laughs> tiny booth that payphones used to be in, and you can't really move in it. That's that's where the saying comes from. Um, but I, I like how he plays. Not only is he highly skilled, but he works his tail off. I feel like every shift he is doing everything he can to get the puck back. Um, he has a very good hockey sense. He knows where to be on the ice. I think tonight you saw two amazing passes. One ended up being an assist uh, and a second one that almost became a very good assist. He just has a good vision on the ice, finds people, especially putting him on the top line with Evander Kane and Couture, I think is fantastic. And he's playing very well and fits in. He's also, I don't know if you noticed this, he's on the top power play unit. Um, they trust him that much and he's, he's performing. Now the power play is not performing. That's a whole different issue, but I think he looks dangerous every time he's on the ice and I think not only offensively, I think defensively, he looks great and uh, doesn't really give up a lot. So I think it's a great pickup. Uh, remember, this is the guy that we traded Suomela for. And Suomela hadn't cracked the lineup really um, much at all. Kind of similar to Barabanov in, in Toronto. I think he only had 13 games played there. Um, they both kind of need to change the scenery. Now, I don't think Suomela is going to be cracking the lineup in Toronto unless there's some devastating injuries to a couple guys. But um, I think Barabanov is a guy that I would like to see get signed. And he seems like he's the kind of player or he is, he's the kind of player that is playing for a contract next season uh, with the Sharks or not, because he is a UFA after the season. So he will be gone uh, if the Sharks don't sign him up. Yeah. I'll tell you what, he keeps this up. He's not going to have a choice. He's going to resign in San Jose. So, um, Absolutely. you know, I mean, I think the fans have taken to him just in these first couple of games, even. So you I mean, you can see it all over Twitter. You see it in our, in our He's chat got, right now. He has a goal and assist in two games. That's two points in two games. That's better than LeBanc and Timo Meyer right now. And, he's and a that's lot why, cheaper. that's why LeBanc and Timo are on the lines that they're on currently. I mean, Timo was on the fourth line. Now I joked about this saying, Hey, that's depth though. Right. So finally this team has some depth. You've got a Timo Meyer on your fourth line. Uh, but that's just how how uh, poorly, I guess, uh, Timo is playing right now. Um, however, we'll get to some of the stats a little bit later on, and it makes him look a, a little bit better than 
than he actually uh, kind of has been to the eye test, at least. Now, there is a comment here from Angela Nunez says, what's your take on Balser's? Uh, and I want you to to bring that uh, talk a little bit about that in just a second here. But also, Kellen Foster has a comment about Barbanov. Says has the speed of Gregor, but is playing with a higher IQ currently. Yeah, no, he looks like he's a pretty fast player, and he looks like he's an extremely smart player. As Aaron just kind of pointed out, he has really great vision on the ice. Uh, when that that goal that happened uh, just today, where it was, I believe, Hurdle uh, fired a pass across ice to him, and he when he picks up the puck. Um, it's, it's kind of a hard thing to do now he's skating backwards and you can see him kind of open up and both his, his toes are facing out. Um, so he's kind of got that, um, kind of half circle skating ability with his, his toes pointing out like that. Uh, where if you were to keep skating, you just kind of make like a circle. Uh, so he, he receives the puck and he's got his feet like this. Uh, and then he brings himself back and he makes that pass across rather than just shoot it. Now he, he would have had a really good opportunity to shoot right then and there, but again, the vision and the patience, of the young guy to fire it back across. And uh, there's Evander Kane just waiting uh, on the doorstep and just taps it in. Uh, no problems whatsoever. That to me uh, is the mark of a great player. Somebody who's got the vision on the ice. You can have lots of talent and everything else. Uh, and that's all well and good, but you can train talent. It's harder to train uh, the ability to see beyond uh, what's, what's, uh, what's like vis- very visible to you right there. Right. With the obvious seeing beyond the obvious. And uh, the shot was the obvious play, but when he received that puck, he looked up and he saw Kaner over there. He just fired it back across. Uh, really good stuff. So, Aaron, uh, if you can, real quick, your take on Balsers. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but uh, he's another young guy that stepped in, started playing really well. Uh, he had a goal tonight. What do you think? Is he uh, is he the real deal? Real deal is in maybe a third line, possibly second line scoring threat. Yes, I think he's uh, pretty good. I think the Sharks obviously the sharks had drafted him and were very high on him. Uh, so they knew him very, very well and kind of sad to see him go in the Carlson trade. And as soon as he came up on waivers, they're like, absolutely. We're bringing him back. So um, the sharks knew what they were getting and they put him in the lineup. Now I, I can't remember the exact rule in waivers, but when you pick someone up off of waivers, they have to be in your lineup for a certain amount of games. Otherwise they go right back to the team. So that kind of forced the sharks to play him. It's also why you don't see as many waivers. I think, get through or people pick up um, people on waivers because you have to actually put them in your lineup. Um, but anyway, um, I think he looks great. I think he brings a lot of speed to the sharks and also some skill. Obviously that goal tonight was amazing. Um, I think, uh, I think that's kind of the future. I mean, you see him and Noah Gregor, those guys are probably the two fastest guys on the team. Um, even Patrick Marlowe's, I think not as fast. I mean, granted he's a little bit older, but um it, it really changes the feel of the team, especially on the penalty kill. If those guys can, can counterattack and, and get some chances. Um, and I was just thinking about this. Like uh, we also have who's, who's hurt right now is, um, Oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Long beach native, Matt Nieto. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the help. Thanks for the assist ball. Um, Matt Nieto, <laughs> who's been out. Um, imagine him on the penalty kill with uh, one of these two guys. Um, that could be pretty deadly uh, next season. And that's assuming that Nieto's back. And that's assuming that um, all these guys are still here and not taken in the Seattle draft. Um, and that was a conversation I actually had with Kurt conversation. The tweet I had with Kurt today is he was saying how Matt Nieto might be signed next year. And I said, well, yeah, because the sharks need some guys for the Seattle draft. They still are not eligible. They don't have enough guys that are eligible to be taken in the draft. Mm-hmm. So some guys are going to have to get signed to some extensions. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of them. 
Very good. Uh, also, Jack Frost here chiming in on Barabanov. He says, I feel like Barabanov will be similar to Joachim Ryan's situation where he gels for one season and really can't get that back in the next seasons. Gosh, let's hope not. Uh, the Sharks could really use a, a diamond in the rough win right now. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. Aaron, do you think he's a one and done? I don't know, man. I think Barabanov looks like a solid second line guy. Um, he's playing on the top line, but I think that's just because the Sharks' depth is just not quite there. I think yeah. on a good team, he would be a good second liner. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty happy with him, and I'm sure we could sign him for fairly cheap uh, going into next season. Now, he's a guy that played in the KHL for a number of years, so he's been playing against good competition. To me, the KHL is probably second best league next to the NHL. I think it's better than the AHL. Uh, you kind of get a mix of guys and also some old older veteran players from the NHL that can't either crack the lineup in the NHL team and go to the KHL to get some more money um, and extend their careers a little bit longer. And you also get a lot of Russian players that are no longer in the NHL and go back to Russia and play for a couple more seasons. So um, good on him for for sticking it out and coming across the pond and, and coming to America and uh, cracking it into the NHL and making a difference. And I think Bob Boogner tonight had kind of quoted that saying that he likes him because he, under pressure he doesn't uh, he doesn't panic. And he he does very well, and it goes to show that he is sure he's kind of a rookie, but he's not really a rookie because he's been playing professional hockey for a while and has that poise of a veteran player right now. Scott Kemp wanting to know uh, since the Sharks are still garbage, can we talk about the new Mortal Kombat movie? Uh, Scott, when we have the uh, the Combat Corner, uh, that'll be the new uh, show that Aaron and I do with the Combat Corner. Um, we'll go ahead and talk about that. But for right now, we're going to go ahead and finish up with the Sharks against the Coyotes part due uh, tonight's game, Aaron. Um, look, now you've got some pictures that you want to show. So I'm, we'll go ahead and, and open up with these pictures because sure. you thought this was pretty funny guys uh, in the chat right now. First of all, uh, if you've got friends that you might want to kind of, this is going to be kind of fun. So if you've got any friends that are not watching the stream right now, retweet us or share us or whatever else, get them in the chat right now because uh, Aaron's about to do a little fun thing with pictures here. So uh, well, pay attention, I everybody. Here we go. I thought this is interesting because the Sharks lineup was so changed around with people, players playing on different lines. I thought it'd be interesting to see what the salaries look like without the names on what line and see how it's spread out. So go ahead and put this up on the screen, Jay. Um, now, can you figure out, I mean, I think some of these salaries you kind of know offhand, but can you figure out uh, who is where on this? Like the first line, who's on the first line here? Are you asking me or are you asking, yeah, asking you? Yeah, I'm asking you. Well, definitely the uh, the middle one there is Couture, right? Yep. And then it's it's too hard to tell, really. I mean, obviously, you know you knew what the lineups were tonight uh, if you, you watched the game and you saw who was playing there. But uh, just I mean, by looking at the dollar amounts, no, you, you wouldn't know. I mean, just, just looking at this, look at the third line has a $4.5 million player. This the or I'm sorry, the third line. LeBanc. The fourth line has a $6 million player. Team their off. defensive pairings, the third pairing has a $7 million player. And yeah. then our goaltender, the backup, $5.7 million. Okay, tonight's backup, yes, of course. No, Sometimes no. he's going to take a night off. No, no. Jones has had a couple nights off now. That game against Minnesota was horrendous. I think he is in the doghouse for good. I don't think he's going to be getting many starts. I think it's flipped where Koronash, or sorry, Koronash, Koshinash is going to get more of the starts, and Jones is going to be relieving him for the games versus the other way around because Jones hasn't gotten a minute of time since that first period in Minnesota. 
And those goals, I was going to talk about this earlier. Those goals were bad. That first goal in the very, was it the first 30 seconds of the game? Glove side, short side, and not screened wide open. And he just like flubbed it. Like, are you kidding me? That, that right there, you could tell his body language was off in that game. I think that has nothing to do with why Koshinash is starting. I think Koshinash is starting because they're playing all their rookies right now. Nope. Nope. You I, honestly I, believe you honestly believe that Koshinash has taken over as the number one goaltender. Absolutely. When when um Jones and Dubnik were playing, they were kind of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. When there was when it wasn't even back to back, they would kind of go back and forth unless a goalie won. Now wouldn't you think that they would have started Jones on Monday's game since he was rested after playing one period in the Minnesota Wild game? That's what should have happened if Jones was the starter. I think Jones is no longer the starter. I think Bob Bugner is going to, he still thinks in his mind that there's a chance that they can make playoffs, especially with winning two games now against the team that they're chasing. No, he doesn't. Dude, have you listened to any of the, the press conferences? Yeah, I think I think he still believes that there's a chance, and he's going to try and motivate his team to try and win out as many games as possible. Okay. I no, I think he's uh I think he's pretty well uh figured out because he said it a bunch of times. He said, this is the situation we put ourselves in. Um and I mean that there's not much decoding to go on there. He they're basically saying we're probably not making playoffs here. The only way we would make playoffs is by a miracle. Uh, and we're gonna we're in a situation where we're allowing the young guys to play. Um, these are words from his mouth. So uh, I mean, for me, I think that you're gonna see these young guys in the lineup regardless. I don't think that it's because Jones is becoming the number two. It's because they're going to play Koshinosh to give him as many looks as they can before next season. In fact, they're going to give Melnichuk uh, some starts as well. Not because he's gonna be all of a sudden magically the the number one overnight. It's just because they want to give him some starts. Um, that's how I see it. And that's what I'm hearing from, from the coach. So uh, obviously I think think we see it very differently. That's fine. But (laughs) Jones looks very number two right now. Okay. Uh, Anthony Sanchez says playoffs. Here we come. (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, But you know, I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Speaking of enthusiasm, how about Jack Frost? I love Ferraro who doesn't uh, get, get in line. Um, and then super crab G2K. Now I can't tell by the picture. Is that Sean Guth or is that Sean putting the, in there? If your name is Sean, because super crab G2K is something from my past that only a few people know about. So I'm very interested in who this is. I can't see the picture anyway. Okay. Um, pictures with, uh, lineups in, in, with names, sorry, the lineup with the names. So do you want to go ahead and do that one now? We already, we already talked about it. I mean, we did the you did the salaries. Did you do the names too? Sure. You want to see the names? Here's the yeah, names. so show the names. Here we All go. Right, here's the lineups. Boom. Balsers and Leonard on either side of Kachira. They were the guys making less than a mil. Yeah. Barabanov uh playing alongside Hurdle and Kane. Ooh, that line's been hot. Yeah. And then Gregor True playing alongside LeBanc. LeBanc should have been higher, but you know, he's not playing well. And then Marlowe um centering for Blickfeld and, and Timo. And obviously, Timo should be playing up higher in the lineup, but just not getting it done. So uh, it's unfortunate. And then, of course, you know, you got Vlasic down there alongside Pashnuk. Pashnuk, I thought, played a great game tonight. I know I've been pumping his tires for a while. He's a guy that I saw in the prospect game in 2019 that I thought uh, stood out more to me than Mario Ferraro or 
Um, the other guy was his name. Can't remember his name now. Merkley, Ryan Merkley. Uh, I thought he stood out more than the other two. Uh, and Farrow is like my favorite player on the team right now. Um, so for, I was had high hopes for Pashnuk, you know, coming into this game. Uh, I wasn't expecting him to go crazy, but I, I was hoping he have a good, solid game. And you know what? Coach Bob Bugner thought he had a great game. He thought he would, he saw the pl- the plays clearly. He was uh, calm under pressure, and he just did a pretty solid all around good job for his first NHL game. You you don't think it's telling that uh, they didn't bring up Ryan Merkley a right-handed shot to play with Vlasic on that third line, <laughs> third pairing. Sorry, you, you know don't what like I mean? him, huh? Ah, just Pashnuk, who was just signed a last year, I think, pretty recently. Yeah, um, I think it was last summer. Um, so he hasn't like been in the system for a while. I mean, he's probably he's a little bit older because he played a full four years in college, but still, like you would think that they would bring up Merkley a right-handed shot if he was ready. He's obviously not ready for the NHL yet. Uh, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> it's again, one of those things where it's like, I understand why we trade first round picks. Cause you just never know what you're going to get. That was- uh, I mean, with Ryan Merkley, it's the gamble. I understand he's still young, but you would hope by now, if he was, you know, he was draft eligible when he was so young. That means he's so talented. You would think by now he'd at least got a little bit of taste of the action. Um, and especially in a season where I know you maybe think differently, but I think the foregone conclusion is that they're, they're not going to be a playoff team. Let's play the young guys. And this would be a perfect opportunity for Ryan Merkley to get some uh, some reps in. So yeah. it's unfortunate. Um, but let's uh, – I want to bring up one more thing. Uh, Evander Kane still – rolling offensively this guy uh, got his 20th goal of the season tonight um and he's got 499 career points i believe now so he's one point away uh, from 500 great milestone for for evander kane um he's the guy that's driving this this offense right now he shows up every night and when he's not able to put the puck in the net he's doing lots of other things like not taking penalties first of all uh but then you know going out there and banging bodies uh being hard to play against he i love that he plays in all situations he's a guy that you put on the power play the penalty kill five on five everywhere um evander kane is uh he's really running this team right now and uh, for everybody who for whatever reason didn't want him on the team i i wonder what they think now you know i mean the guys again he's the engine uh, behind this team. So uh, really quick, Evander Kane, three goals, three assists in the last three games. So six points in three games. Um, I mean, it's huge, huge for this guy. So he's up to 20 goals, 22 assists, 42 points on the season. Um, there's a, a few guys that were rolling, not just Evander, but they were rolling uh, going into this uh, this weekend here. They're, I'm sorry, this this stretch of last three games, I should say. Um, you Logan Couture, two goals, two assists in the last three games. Tomas Hurdle, one goal, four assists in the last three games, and three goals, five assists in the last seven games. So eight points in seven or five points in three. Uh, either way, uh, Tomas Hurdle woke up a little bit there. And even Timo, again, he didn't score tonight, but prior to tonight's game, he had two assists in the last two games and a goal and two assists in the last three. So point per game in the last few games apart from tonight. So, um, you know, these are all guys that we had said we need to see more out of. And it seems like, you know, some of them at least are kind of stepping up here and there. Um, you know, again, I wanted to see more out of the captain. Evander Kane, he's he's there every night. But I wanted to see more out of the captain. I wanted to see more out of uh, Tomas Hurdle. I know he's capable of more. And, you know, looking at the stats over these last few games, it looks like not just them getting the message, but maybe they're just kind of finding their rhythm again. Um, so that that bodes well for the Sharks in terms of, uh, you know, if you are hoping that they make the playoffs, which I don't think is going to happen, uh, this 
is a good positive sign. But just in general, as a fan, you want to see your team do well, even if they lose. Uh, so these guys waking up a little bit uh, certainly does help. And then, of course, the emergence of a lot of these younger players. We talked about Barabanov. We talked about uh, Noel Gregor having his goal tonight. Balser stepping up and playing well. Uh, all these guys seem to be doing uh, much better than they were during that eight-game losing streak. So it looks like the team woke up a little bit. Um, we'll have to see where that uh, may or may not take us. Now, uh, I do want to take this time um, to t- say one more thing about Evander Kane. I just want to brag just a little bit, okay? I know I never do this. I just never do it, so I'm going to do it now. Um, y- you do recall, like, seasons ago, where the main thing that I harped on was I just wish Evander Kane would stop getting in the penalty box. He'd be much more effective out there uh, on the ice, scoring goals, um, and you know, he's, he's cleaned up his game a lot. He has cleaned up his game a lot since the beginning of the season. He doesn't take very many penalties anymore. Uh, it's few and far between when he does. And he's, he's leading the team in goals. He's leading the team in points. I think he's even leading the team in assists. He's just, he's, he's a leader on the stat sheet right now. And a lot of it stems from the fact that he's on the ice and able to play as opposed to taking these ticky tack penalties and being up in the box. So, um, Pat myself on the back a little bit right there. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, again, it, it's just great seeing him out there doing the things that uh, I think he excels at and makes him a better player, um, not trying to necessarily always get under the other team's skin, but, you know, beat him on the scoreboard. And I think he's doing just that. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering if he uh, doesn't want to be in San Jose anymore and is playing to get onto another team. Because maybe he's originally from Vancouver, so what city is close to Vancouver that is coming into the league? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> yes. Seattle. Yes. Maybe he wants to get exposed and go to the team. Maybe he wants to get traded in the offseason or during the draft. Maybe he wants to go to a contender because he hasn't had that many playoff appearances. And he is the kind of player that's built for the playoffs. Now, I think what was it the last cup run that the sharks had two years ago? I don't think he did much during that. If I remember correctly offhand, I think people were kind of uh, like, what, what happened to him? He disappeared. He must've had an injury and apparently he didn't. So, um, but the way that he plays, I feel like uh, he's a playoff caliber player. What? I'm sorry. I'm just seeing the comments. That's why I'm laughing. Anthony Sanchez, Aaron, no, with an exclamation point. Angela Nunez, no, with four O's. Uh, The the, the crowd doesn't like you right now, Aaron. Fire back. Nobody likes me. I'm too negative right now. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I'm a shark for like such a downer. Super cab. Yeah. Nope, he says. (laughs) Um. (laughs) There's an interesting comment here from Anthony Sanchez. What do you guys think about Thornton putting his Las Gatas home up on the market? I guess Jumbo isn't coming back. Did you know about that? that he's uh, yes, I did. Going? I saw that. Um, uh, sorry, uh, the Supercraft GTK Manuel. Hey, Manuel, how you doing, buddy? I, I remember you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, what do I think about him putting um, the house up for sale? No, basically, what does that mean? It means he's not coming back, right? It's kind of like Joe Pavelski, right? Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no question that you're leaving and not coming back. I mean, everyone, I think everyone kind of thought that Thornton was going to play for a year in Toronto and come back and maybe play as a shark or retire as a shark. But mind you, his wife is from Switzerland. I got that right. Right. She's from Switzerland. There he goes. Nine and a half million dollars. Look at that thing. That's ridiculous. Um, But anyway, um, to me, like, I feel like he doesn't have the roots here. Like Patrick Marlowe 
his wife is from San Jose or from Los Gatos. So they're not going to go anywhere. Even after he's done playing, they're going to stay here. Even when they went to Toronto, I think they didn't sell their house here. They lived in a house in Toronto and then came back um, to their own house. So um, there's just some players that will never leave here. Now, nine and a half million dollars. That's a chunk of change. That's a big house, a chunk of change. The market's hot in this area. I don't kind of blame him for selling something. Maybe he doesn't need something as big if he was ever to come back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. His name, um, his nickname is Jumbo. Of course, he needs a big house. Come on. But I, I honestly, after he retires, which could be next season, I bet they move to Switzerland because I know in the summers they'd spend all summers there. So I, that's why I think he is selling the house because he's probably not even going to live in the U.S. or Canada or anything after he retires. Yeah, you're, you're talking about, you know, retirement, players leaving, players getting traded, players going to Seattle. Um, the chat is talking about you. It says, Angelo Nunez, trade Aaron. Uh, Noah Claxton says, I like Aaron. Noah, you're you're in the, uh, the minority there, it seems. Keep reading. Uh, Jack Frost says, negative Nancy. Uh, I don't know what Angelo Nunez is saying. Ooh, Paul, but okay. Uh, trade Aaron, I'm weak. I don't know why he's saying I'm weak, but okay. Uh, trade Aaron for a first. I don't know if you get a first. I would take it. Trade Aaron for uh, Marshall. <laughs> no. Jim, Paul, we need to pull the trigger. No, nah, that's not happening, boys. Not happening. Aaron can go start the Kraken factor. <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, no, I think we're beating Aaron up enough now. Okay, Aaron, uh, you've got some some news about this whole TV deal. Guys, first of all, in the chat here. Uh, oh, actually, do you want to do um, the roll call? Sure, let's do roll yeah. call. Okay, what, what should we say for roll call, Aaron? Uh, tell us where you're watching and I don't know. Is Evander Kane going into the, going to the Kraken? <laughs> is Evander Kane going to the Kraken? Right. Okay. <laughs> Aaron for Braun, Lundy says, of course, there's our Braun comment for the, for the day. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, Lundy. <laughs> All right. Roll call. Tell us where you're watching from. And if Evander Kane is going to go to the Seattle Kraken. Cool. Okay. Now let's talk uh, this TV deal with uh, TNT. Now something rubbed you the wrong way immediately about this. I've got a little bit of an explanation for it. I'm not defending it, but I've got, I can, I can understand maybe why, but go ahead. Fire away. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to try and try and explain this. You can go and throw the tweet up Jay here that I tweeted out here. So a couple things wrong with this tweet. TNT just got the rights, just bought the rights and announced that they are going to be having the NHL on there. So they Google a picture of Edmonton Oilers captain and find Andrew Ference, who retired in 2016, and put him on here. Not Connor McDavid. They don't even know who Connor McDavid is. It's like, come on, man. This is ridiculous. It's a slap in the face of the NHL. It's very disrespectful that nobody at TNT could have done their homework and done a quick Google Google search. Anyway, on top of that, they put out this tweet uh, with asking Shaq. So Shaq is kind of the, I want to say he's like the village idiot on the TNT show <laughs> for uh, for NBA, the post-game show. Um, so they, I think they did this on purpose because they knew he wouldn't know the answer. And they asked him if he knew, if he could name three NHL teams. He named the... Uh, what did he say? The first one was it wasn't even the LA Kings. He said the L. He said California the California Kings. Kings. And then uh, someone corrected him and said LA. And then he said, uh, "Gosh, I can't even remember the other one." Someone Chicago, said Chicago for him, and then he he figured out Blackhawks. Barely got Blackhawks at yeah. the end. 
So uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. And then they, they tweet it out and think it's funny. Now to me, that's just like, it's a very, to me, it's like, uh, like the NBA is like the big brother and NHL is this little brother that finally gets invited to the big boy table and they're just making fun of them in front of all their friends. That's what I feel like it was like, if that makes sense. I, I just, I didn't like it. it rubbed me the wrong way. I think it's ridiculous because the NHL always gets just put down by all the other big sports and all the other people because they're always like, Oh, nobody watches hockey. Uh, I guess it's just silly. Nobody wants to talk hockey. It's, just, it's the same thing. Like, Everyone gets mad about KMBR and all the sports radio stuff around here because they never talk, talk Sharks hockey. Sharks are in the, in the NHL finals and they barely even crack into them. And they're talking about football in the offseason, which is like months and months away from anything. So I just that I mean, that's partially why we started this show is because nobody's talking about the Sharks. Right. Like we were we were frustrated. We were like, this is ridiculous. So we're going to start our own show. We're going to start and get a community going. And that's exactly what we did. So um, anyway, there's my rant. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I'm going, wait, what? <laughs> Thank you, Sir Producer Jason. Uh, no, okay. So looking at that tweet, um, the the handle was NBA on TNT, right? Because they don't even have a handle for yeah. TNT. That's the only one they have. And that's the one that sent out. Yeah. So I, I guess for me, I'm, I'm not expecting necessarily that uh, an NBA on TNT is going to know a thing about NHL. It is sad that that is what they sent out. Uh, and it's sad that they don't have an NHL on TNT now uh, yep. or, or something that's supposed to be NHL related because it says NBA and you're tweeting out hockey stuff. I mean, the, um, thing, the thing that missed, made me mad is that it was – TNT, it's TNT show, and they just announce this big news and then make fun of it. They're making fun of their own network for getting a sport that they don't even care about. Yeah. No, it's it's and it's sad. It's really sad. Um, I don't. It, the funny thing is, if you're gonna put that much or sorry that little time and effort into it, why bother going after it in the first place, right? Uh, you can only make yourself look bad when you're putting up Andrew Ferentz. Uh, and, and Ovechkin as opposed to a player that's not retired. Anybody else on the Edmonton Oilers doesn't have to be uh, Connor McDavid. Could have been anybody else, but somebody who's current uh, would have been better than Andrew Ferentz. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, if that's the level of uh, effort that they're going to put into, you know, hockey, why did they bother in the first place, I guess, you know? Uh, so it's, it's a shame, and it's kind of uh, – it bodes – not so well for what we're going to see in the future coming out of TNT and uh, you know, th- their you know effort level, if you will, on their broadcasts and, and their coverage and everything else. Uh, it'll be an afterthought. Um, I don't think that they'll do nearly as well as uh, NBCSN had done. Uh, and it'll just be, <laughs> it'll be a shame uh, really. So hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully everything works out well. Hopefully they dedicate a team um, to, to really understanding and knowing uh, some of the ins and outs, not just of the sport of hockey necessarily, but just what's going on in the league uh, to be able to translate that to fans and whatnot uh, accurately, not uh, with retired folks on their uh, their media, but who knows? Um, and then, yeah, I don't know uh, if there was anything else you wanted to say about this whole TNT deal, uh, fire away. But for me, I think, you know, again, I, I my bar was low uh, coming into this, knowing that it was, uh, NBA people talking about a sport that they didn't know much about. 
Um, I just wish that they had used either a different handle with people that understood hockey or they had used the same handle, but, but asked someone who knows anything about hockey before sending something out. Yeah, no, I think, I think that gets funny and it's just ridiculous, but thankfully TNT is not the only uh, network that's going to be showing hockey. ESPN also purchased the rights. So they're going to be kind of split between TNT and ESPN for certain games. Um, I don't know. They haven't really kind of announced what it was, but I know they're also kind of splitting the playoffs and the Stanley cup finals. So both networks will have some of each. Um, so it won't be just TNT doing everything, which I think TNT is the only one that does basketball for national games. Um, now they do basketball. Well, that's great. But uh, right now they're not off to a good start for hockey. And the only reason they use the TNT NBA handles, because they don't have anything else set up. They don't even have a TNT set up. It was just TNT NBA um, show. So someone is sitting on the TNT handle of Twitter because it was some random person. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's all I want to talk about. Cool. Yeah, I, it'll just be disappointing, but whatever is what it is. You know, what's not disappointing is these two comments here by Mr. Hernandez. Uh, I would like to wager a gentleman's bet with Aaron. First off, I too am a bald man. And if I let my hair grow, I would look like Hulk Hogan. I bet Aaron that Evander Kane becomes San Jose's next captain, uh, captain next season. If Kane does, Aaron has to let his hair grow no matter how bad it looks. If I lose, I let my hair grow out. What do you say, Aaron? I say no. <laughs> I mean, I, first off, I don't think Kane's going to be the captain. I think uh, unless Couture is going to get traded, I, I can't imagine stripping Couture and keeping him on the team. Even so, I can't imagine Kane as the captain. It, being a gifted goal scorer and the points leader on your team does not mean you're captain material necessarily. I'm not saying I wouldn't want him as captain. That's okay. not what I'm saying. Okay. I just think there are other people that the Sharks would pick first as their captain over Kane. I, I would have to agree with you on that one. I would I take would, the bet. I would love Kane to be the captain. I'd take the bet. You wouldn't take the bet? No, I don't want to take the bet. Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'll take the bet for him. Okay, so if I win, uh, then he doesn't have to grow his hair out. Well, you should see how much hair Paul had that he grew during the pandemic and he didn't have a haircut. One day, well, I'll show you that picture. Yes, absolutely. Uh, like maybe that'll be one of the ones that you do the photo afterwards. Maybe I'll give that as the photo uh, for afterwards there. So, sure. um, okay, let's go ahead and move on here. Um, we want to save draft talk for another episode, yeah? You're talking entry level? draft or seattle draft entry draft. level draft okay yeah we want I mean, to save that for another episode yeah yeah because okay. we'll know closer down the line we'll kind of know where the sharks stand in terms of the standings and where they would be picking sure plus going into the lottery um, sure sure yeah yeah let's let's push that off a little more okay we'll do that we'll we'll save that for later and um the Seattle draft, I don't think Kane's going anywhere. Kane has trade value. They wouldn't just let him walk. Uh, so they would trade him, if anything else. It's more okay. of potential of getting rid of a $7 million salary than anything else. Not when he's your leading point getter. I'd take the $7 million. That's fine. I agree. I agree. Okay. We better be on the same page on that one. Otherwise, what if, I could. Yeah, but what if I'm saying what if Kane requests to be exposed in the draft and not saved? Too bad, so sad. Sorry, Charlie. That's what I say. Aaron is very negative today. Aaron Navy forty seven says, "Geez, everybody's piling on you today, Aaron." It's because I mean, I was just kidding. I'm talking truths, and they don't like Jeez. it. Holy smokes! 
That's okay, guys. Keep doing it. I kind of like it. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the next games here. You know what, Aaron? We've got four games, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Wednesday. All of them are against the exact same team, Colorado. Two of them are in Colorado. Two of them are in San Jose. So the first two are in Colorado. Uh, guys, on Friday, it's at 6 p.m. Saturday, it's at 5 p.m. The two that are in San Jose, uh, 7.30 on Monday and 6.30 on Wednesday, Okay. So uh, there's lots of different times that are going on there. You can just check the, the schedule or just keep rewatching the show until you get to the end. Um, so, Aaron, because there's four games in a row, we're going to do one show for all four of these games against the exact same team, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the next time we do a show, guys, it's going to be Wednesday at 9.15. That'll be after the fourth game of all these Colorado games coming up all at once. So uh, th- th- there you go. That's what our next show is going to be. Now, Aaron, talk to me about these games. What do you think is uh, is in the store for the San Jose Sharks um, and their number one goaltender in Joseph Koshinash? Uh, it doesn't look good. Colorado's going to want to chase Vegas to get that uh, division win. Uh, Miko Rantanen's been out. He's been their top goal scorer. He's been the top goal scorer in the entire West, uh, the division. He was out with COVID, and he might be back by Friday. Not that he got COVID. I think it was just the tracing thing. Um, but still, he's been out for a while for a couple games. So uh, he's probably going to get his get his uh, feet wet against the Sharks and, and dominate. Uh... <laughs> Jeez, man. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> you going to read that comment? Yeah, no, I'm reading. Okay, for the people on the podcast, the reason there was a lull there is because uh, Super Producer Jason put Scott Kemp's uh, <laughs> message on screen. Paul should get a C on his polo, and Aaron should be in a smaller window, and, and he does exactly that. He didn't put the C on me, but he put Aaron in a smaller window. Oh, my God, that's great. Well done. Well done, Super Producer Jason, giving the people what they want. Okay, sorry, Aaron, continue. What, what are we looking for out of this Colorado series? Go ahead. What are we looking for? We're looking for the Sharks to play hard against a team that is going to be outmatching them on practically every single line. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be two tough games in Colorado with with the uh, the altitude. And uh, and then coming back to San Jose to, to finish them out. Now, Colorado could also kind of rest some guys. They're getting towards the end of the season. So maybe after the first two games in Colorado, they rest some guys or, or play their backup. Actually, their backup is Dubnik now, so we'll we'll be playing against Dubnik in at least one of these games, I imagine. Um, and Grubauer actually he's been out, so Dubnik's kind of become the starter for Colorado. But I think Dubnik he might have been back by now. I can't remember. Um, but or I mean Grubauer. Did I say Grubauer or Dubnik? I can't even remember. Anyway, they're gonna be four very tough games, and I have a feeling next Wednesday show is gonna be a rough show. <laughs> what do you think? I can't even pay attention because his comments are too funny. Nick Nick says little Aaron. <laughs> he also says, how can we take this seriously right now? That's you're not really supposed to take it seriously. It's all in good fun. Uh it's good family fun, man. Just silly stuff like this. Here's um, a good comment from Anthony. Do the Sharks dress Blickfield against the Avs? If they do, I expect the Avs to go after him. That's a good question. He's been in the lineup i bet he gets in the lineup for one of those games i don't know if they're gonna go after him because he didn't exactly hurt uh who did he hit mckinnon it was mckinnon yeah yeah oh he did hurt him but he didn't i don't think mckinnon missed time for it 
and he got suspended for it. They got in a fight. Like, I don't know. I think it's kind of water on the bridge unless he throws another big hit. Then I think they will go absolutely crazy and, and go after him. So, um, (laughs) yeah, anyway. And then, um, Kellen, Kellen, uh, helps me out here. He said, Ranton and Donskoy and Grubauer making the returns on Friday. So they're going to have pretty much their entire full lineup coming against the sharks. And that's going to be very rough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in terms of what I'm looking for out of, uh, out of this stretch of, of games here is, uh, better draft positioning <laughs> is what I'm looking for. I mean, realistically, look, it's the Colorado Avalanche, okay? They're, they are a powerhouse team. And the Sharks are now a team that has got Timo Meyer playing on the fourth line uh, and is injecting guys that have collectively, you know, as many NHL games as Timo Meyer has this season. So, I mean, there's, I, I don't, I don't expect them to go out there and just start winning games, right? I expect that we're maybe we'll do well against Arizona. Maybe these next two games against Arizona will kind of shock everybody and, and win them out. Who knows? Uh, but I mean, against a team like Colorado, I just think we're just outgunned, outmatched. Um, and it'll just kind of push us right back down the standings. Unfortunately, I know usually Aaron plays the role of the downer on the show, but uh, I just got to be real about it. You know, I just don't, I don't see us getting past this team right now. Um, so I would like to see, again, for me at this point in the season, I think it's the same thing that the coaching staff wants to see. They want to see effort. They want to see um, good playmaking abilities, good vision on the ice, not making mental mistakes, that kind of stuff. Uh, When you're just kind of giving the other team the win, when you're beating yourself, uh, that's what nobody wants to see. I would much rather have the abs just be better than us, but we played a solid game. If that's the case, I'm happy, uh, at least with where the Sharks are right now in the standings and, or in the season. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for out of this this uh, this stretch of games is really just uh, positive effort and development for the younger guys and all that stuff. Uh, points, I think, are out of the question. So um, that that's I'm not going to get my hopes up on this game here. So uh, there you go. Uh, Super yeah. Jason saying brotherly love. I guess <laughs> thank you for that. You had something to say there, Aaron? Uh, Nick had a comment. How many points can we expect after these four? What's a win for us? I think if they won one out of the three, and like you said, they they don't play terribly and just give the game away. Like they play hard and make it a game because you never know in hockey. I mean, the Sharks. Watch this. We're talking about this. The Sharks are going to sweep them in four games. It could happen. Not saying it will, but it could. It's not completely out of the question. I don't want them to. You know, actually, an interesting comment, uh, and the broadcasters actually brought this up, not this game, but the previous one, was what if the Blues all of a sudden, oh, it was no, Minnesota, I'm sorry. What if Minnesota all of a sudden stays on this roll and they take over on the number one spot, and then you've got in round one the Wild against anybody else, say the Sharks happen to sneak in, Wild Sharks, whatever. And then the the two versus three is... Vegas against Colorado. I mean, that would knock out one of the powerhouses right there. That would be insane. That would be absolutely nuts. And then everyone would complain about how the playoffs are terrible and the format's bad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's a COVID year. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, what happens if uh, Vegas right now is is just dominating? What happens if COVID hits them again, right? COVID, COVID happens like how Vancouver got it real bad. What if that happened to Vegas and they got 
all of a sudden they can't play the rest of their games. And then the other teams catch up to them or they are playing half their guys and they're just terrible. Could happen. You never know. There's still, still a couple weeks left here. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to happen because like Anthony Sanchez here, Paul, LOL, Sharks making playoffs. No, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it's just, it could by accident. It could happen. No, it'd be, Mathematically, it'd be they're still there. I'm not saying hope for it. I'm not saying try to keep the faith and root for it. I'm just saying it might accidentally happen. Uh, so there you go with that one. Uh, and then <laughs> Noah Claxton. I love this comment. A win for us is all losses with effort. <laughs> I mean, honestly, Noah, <laughs> on, yes, yes. Right now, that is the state of the team. A, a win for us right now would be even if we lose to show good effort throughout that basically means not giving up playing the game the right way something you can take into the next season and then quite frankly it's still a win if we're losing these games when you think about the draft because i would much rather have a higher draft or sorry i guess lower uh, it's still higher yeah i'd rather have the higher draft uh pick than you know be right at the edge of almost making the playoffs lose out and then have like the you know 12th overall instead of like the fifth right so I don't know. I, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm a realist right now. Uh, I don't think that the Sharks are going to make playoffs. I don't think that even if they made playoffs, it's not going to end well. So um, kind of knowing that, I let's just get the better pick. So yes, I'm okay with all losses. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate, but I'm okay with all losses right now. Um, Leonard uh, needs to hit the weights and get strong. Oh, someone was asking about thoughts on Leonard and Anthony Sanchez responding, saying he needs to hit the weights and get stronger. Uh, I could definitely see that. Uh, he does look a little bit weak on the puck there so uh, he was doing pretty well on the board play for a while but it seems like he just kind of gets bumped around a little bit too easily now which is unfortunate uh, i was really had a higher hopes for for john leonard for this season uh not to say that you know he's uh you know he's gone there's you know john leonard's not gonna pan out it's way too early to say that so uh anybody who's thinking that just pump your brakes a little bit you know gotta give the guy a little bit of time so um yeah no hopefully next season he comes back uh stronger uh more experienced and uh, he could put up some some numbers that are going to help the team actually win. So we'll see. Um, small price to pay for salvation. I'm not sure what that's referring to, but um, thank you for that comment. <laughs> yeah, and a meteor might hit the earth. Yes, a meteor might hit the earth, man. It's happened before. Dinosaurs are gone. Okay, uh, Aaron, anything else <laughs> that you want to say uh, to about the show or to the folks here? I mean, I know they've been beating you up all night here. Yeah, that's fine. I'll take the beating. And then the Sharks will get a high draft pick, and you're welcome. Okay, there you go. All right, well, only, I guess I was going to say, there's only seven games left. A seven-game losing streak is not out of the question, considering they just finished an eight-game losing streak. So it is possible. Fair point. And on that happy note... I think we'll go ahead and call this one uh, call this one a show. Okay, guys. Hey, again, we appreciate all your comments, uh, putting it in there for us to kind of respond to and everything else. Guys beating up Aaron. He doesn't like it. I love it. Uh, so keep that up for next time around. And uh, <laughs> it's just, hopefully the best. <laughs> no, Claxon says, hopefully hope for the best 0-7. Okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, no, Anthony, we are not trading for Jack Eichel. <laughs> it's not happening. We have enough. Uh, multi or, or 10 no, to these, 11 million these dollar last seven games are essentially a tryout for the players for next season they're trying yeah. they're, they're playing for a position exactly no i agree okay cool so again with all that uh again i i appreciate you guys uh giving us things to uh to talk about laugh about 
uh, in the uh, comment section there. Please feel free uh, to remember next time around, go ahead and hit that uh, retweet button, hit that share button, get it out to your friends, family, other sharks, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, fans as well, and uh, get them in here so we can have uh, a nice conversation with them as well. I think the, during the playoffs, it was awesome. We had the chat just going like this. It was it was great. We haven't seen playoffs in so long. Uh, so that's uh, brought me right back down. I, I just made myself sad. That's, that's a shame. Okay, anyway, we will see you guys. Actually, let me do it this way. I'm Paul, and for Super Producer Jason, I'm Aaron. There you go. (laughs) Get on with it! Oh, it's been a night, boys. We will see you next week at 9.15. Wednesday, 9.15. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at The Fin Factor and on Instagram at Fin Factor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at TheFinFactor.com where you'll find all of our episodes as videos or podcasts. You'll also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.